Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. I was just boasting that I'm ahead of my time. And the next guy will uh, confirm that. His name is Josh Vernier. He's our Royals insider. You hear Vern's on deck coming up at 2 o'clock. Vern talking Mariners. The Royals, game and a half out of first place. That's how you look at a glass half full, not half empty. A game and a half out of first place. Vern, what's up? Is this a sports radio show, or is it a Pat Binkley on the back show? I'm just saying this, and I know you remember Good it. Good Lord. Well, I want you to confirm this, Vern. Do you remember, honestly, it's like five, six years ago. And I was coming on after you. It's like 1130 at night or something. It was a schedule release show. I think they called it like the schedule release extravaganza just to humor me. You remember that? Because you probably coming through. But nobody cared. Like, I was jeered. I was laughed at that I was doing a schedule release show. And now it's become the biggest thing where... They, the NFL has so Oh, stop. No, don't, don't, don't do the thing that people do no, on Twitter where they no. act as if they see a few people say something, and that means everyone is doing it. Okay, Vern, yeah. Come on. Uh, what you're saying, then, is uh, the NFL is king. Yeah, I agree. Yes. The NFL is king. Um, Look at what it's doing to the NBA on Christmas Day. They're saying, move over, NBA. We're doing a oh, triple header. All of it. No. I mean, no sport can compare. I mean, none. You know, the NBA, we uh, media bozos like to talk about, oh, the NBA does a great job of creating storylines and the drama of the NBA. Yeah, that's true, but no one watches. Take a look at the finals from a year ago with a superstar in Giannis and the Bucks going up against Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Nobody watches. It was actually you talk about series. baseball and how much I love the game of baseball. Nobody watches. Go back and look at the World Series numbers. The only thing that people watch is the NFL and their favorite college football team. Yes, the NFL is king. There, there's, there's no question about it, and it's only going to continue, and the gap is only going to get wider. Yeah, I was just seeing if you remember that, though, because you have to admit, it's, become a, it's gone a long way since that night. 
I mean, it really has. I mean, remember last year they were trickling out the games on the morning shows with the television partners and places like Arrowhead Pride. You know, where keep. But that's how the NFL becomes king. I mean, look at the draft. You know, look at look at what the draft has become. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the combine. Great point. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The the NFL has just left everyone else in its dust, and I don't care what baseball tries to do in lining up a you know, the, their own scouting combine and having the draft during the All-Star Week. Whatever, they can try all they want. It's, it's just, it's not happening. Football is the national pastime. Um, it, it pains me to say it, but it's been the case now for 25 years. Yeah, I was listening to Brian No that uh, is on, on our Fox Sports National stuff that we, we carry, and he was talking about, you know, being at a bar in South Bend in the 90s and remembers like he was at these tables that had like the magazine covers under lamination and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he remembers, can anybody save the NFL? Like that's where it was in the nineties. Like people were worried about the league going forward. That, that just well, shows you how far. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo just, to Paul Tagliabue. Yeah. Uh, for getting that thing right. because that is a well oiled machine. Yeah. And Goodell just kicking the door down, but Vern, yeah, I wanted to he's talk done a great job too. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Miguel Cabrera for a second too, before we sure. dive into the Royals, but Seventh player with 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. And, you know, there's something about when these things happen in baseball. And I'll say that the, the records mean more in baseball than any other sport because they just do. Like, it's it's the one thing I think keep, keeping baseball at 162 games is the amount of records because people really love the records. But the fact he's one of seven guys ever to have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs just shows how much we – Maybe took for granted being able to go watch him play. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, Bake, I, I think this is you and I showing our age, to be quite honest, because I, I think we're both at the age where we've seen a lot of great players and we've also watched them retire. And, you know, I, I'd do anything to watch Barry Sanders play one more time. Uh, I, I'd do anything to watch Michael Jordan play one more time so I think we're now you know 40s 50s I think we're now starting to understand hey when greatness is happening you better appreciate it and that's that to me some people wonder you know what's the big deal 3,000 hits 500 home runs 3,000 <laughs> strikeouts by a pitcher the reason why it's a big deal is because it, it gives you a moment like yesterday to thank the player and appreciate the career Uh, Sure, it's an arbitrary number, but it's a moment where everyone around the sport stops and congratulates and celebrates an individual. Now, it's going to be quite a while before we do that again surrounding 3,000 hits. Oh, man, yeah. Um, But to your point about, uh, you know, baseball loves its records and, 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 you know, the records mean more in baseball than any other sport. Uh, I agree. Um, but but I but I think those numbers are, are beginning to dwindle. Now, three thousand hits still means a lot. Three thousand strikeouts, but I don't know about five hundred home runs anymore. I don't know about three hundred wins anymore for pitchers. I, I think even those numbers are starting to get dinged somewhat. And the hundred and sixty-two games, man, I I used to be there with you. That that's why I want to keep one hundred and sixty-two. But you know, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds kind of ruined uh, those 162 game statistics in my mind and and Bink you know me better than anyone man you know how much I love the history of this game Um, I honestly think the record book has been sullied Uh, it's now on people like you and I that 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 study our history uh, 
we, we can no longer just look at the numbers and compare Willie Mays and Barry Bonds and Buster Posey. And you know, we used to be able to do that. I don't think you can do that anymore. I think now you just have to go off of eye test, uh, maybe a few advanced metrics here and there. Uh, but the record book certainly doesn't hold up the way that it did when we were young. Yeah, because the NFL and NBA, we don't care. We, we don't care what you did as a career. We care what you did last night. <laughs> right. Fantasy. And, what did you and do last night? And those two sports, the, the game has changed so much. Right? I mean, I remember growing up collecting football cards, and it was a big deal. Um, the the 4,000-yard passers and the 1,000-yard rushers and the 1,000-yard receivers, those would be – you know, a separate category of football card. 4,000 passing yards. Everyone throws for 4,000 yards. I mean, uh, you know, 1,000 rushing yards. That, that's gone by the wayside. 1,000 receiving yards. Okay, maybe still means something, but the game of football ha- and the, the stats have changed so much. The same thing in the NBA with the three-pointer. Um, you know, baseball changed, but because of steroids in the 90s and the aughts, that's what ruined baseball's record book. The sport evolving football and basketball is what ruined their record book, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll never forget 2012 when Adrian Peterson had a chance to break uh, Eric Dickerson's record. Yeah, and came within 18 yards of it, but no one gave a damn. Like they even right. stopped. Well, think of Cooper Cup. You know, Cooper Cup last season. Oh yeah. You know that I, I mean that because used to the 17th be a huge game, deal. I think it watered right. it down. Yes, no question. But Miguel Cabrera has been a fun. I remember you and I were there when he went got the triple crown. Ten thousand yep. walk up uh, fans came to watch uh, Miguel Cabrera that night. Always uh, likes and respected Kansas City. Vern, you buying this this hitting thing because it's weird. Nobody can hit in baseball, and if you look at the Royals under a microscope, you say, "Well, they got eight losses." Or, well, they're game and a half out of first place. I mentioned they everybody's got a ton of losses. Nobody's running it away, but uh, the pitchers. I mean, it was like, what, five or six no-hitters within a 24-hour span that went at least through six innings. Lowest batting average, even lower than 68 the year of the pitcher. What did baseball do? Did they, you wow. know, de-juice the baseball saying, well, we got to be nice to the pitchers now because we were all hitters the last couple of years? Yeah, it seems like it. It certainly seems like this is a different baseball. I know I've sat up in the press box, and look, I'm not, you know, the – the, the eight-year-old kid at, at school day at the K where every can of corn, I'm screaming my head off thinking it's going to be a home run. Uh, but, but there have been, I would say, four to five instances this season where off the bat I'm like, oh, that's a goner. And then it falls quietly into the glove of the right or left fielder. Yeah, I, I do believe something is different about the ball. Um, now, nothing uh, tops just how good pitching is you know the you know I'm just watching this game last night you look at the leadoff hitter for the Mariners Adam Frazier he came to the plate six times and faced five different pitchers Uh, three of the five uh, consistently throw harder than 95 miles per hour hitting has never been harder in the history of the game than it is right now because there are so many freaks on the mound uh, so, so that is reason number one. But yeah, I, I do believe that the ball has been dejuiced and a big gambler. That this might be something better for Alex Gold. But <laughs> it, it's strange to me that Major League Baseball is bedfellows with uh, gambling, and yet they're they're kind of messing with the baseball on a pretty consistent basis. I and, know. You know, doesn't that 
That whole relationship yeah, seems weird. like that that could implode if people start questioning the integrity of the game or what kind of baseball are we using today? Are we going to use a different one in the World Series so then there's more offense? I I don't know. What, what I what I would recommend is uh, Joel Sherman in the New York Post had a really good piece yesterday about how the new baseball could bring back batting average, could bring back guys like Nicky Lopez and Whit Merrifield slap hitters to all fields. Um, very interesting article there. I don't know if it's going to bring back batting average, but I do think it will allow us or help us to uh, celebrate the base hit more, the opposite field single from a Nicky Lopez. Very good article by Joel Sherman. I mean, I still think, man, the home run, they got to figure out something. That wasn't bringing people to the stands, but you look at the attendance around Major League Baseball and, you know, the one that the games don't cut it anymore. They don't. People want excitement. They want action. It's just what they want. and I think it would if it, if it was a shorter game, like if you were playing seven innings. And, and you know I've been saying this for a while. Um, seven innings, and, and, if, and if you went to any of those seven-inning doubleheaders over the past few years, you know what I'm talking about. When, when the game gets those final two frames lopped off, I'll tell you what, it, it's a lot like what I imagine it was like for teams to play the Royals in 14 and 15, where – if you allow a run in the first inning, you're thinking, oh, crap. Uh, we better do something. Oh, we yeah. better do something quick or else it's over. That Seven-inning games just uh, heighten the sense of urgency, just like knowing Wade Davis and Greg Holland and Kelvin Herrera were waiting in the wings. It's a sense of urgency that if we don't score soon, this game's a wrap. Hey, Vern, uh, the Royals uh, losing in, in, in Seattle again last night. What? Here's the thing about Seattle. This team did add a lot of talent. They were a 90 yes. win team last year. I, yes. I always thought this would be a good litmus test for the Royals. It's what I know the Guardians are first place and all that, but it's like this is a quality team with Genio Suarez and Winkler and all those guys yeah. and Frazier going to the, the Mariners. Like this this team's no joke. And and we may look at the Mariners and laugh the last couple of years, but this team's trending in the right direction. I felt this was a real test for the Royals. And finally the bullpen, after twenty seven scoreless innings, touched up last night. If you made a case that Seattle's the best team in the American League, uh, I wouldn't argue with you. Now, it might not turn out, uh, it might not come to fruition after 162, but but you mentioned the names in the lineup. Uh, man, you, you look at, the, we're going to see the reigning American League Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray, coming up today at 310. Uh, they're, they're, they're dodging um, a, a guy that absolutely carved up the Royals last season in Logan Gilbert. Uh, the guy that we saw yesterday, Chris Flexen, seven innings yeah, of one-run baseball, uh, or two days ago, Chris Flexen. And he was Flexen. a 14-game winner last year, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then this 23-year-old they faced uh, yesterday in, in, in Brash, this guy had a no-hitter through six. Uh, Seattle's rotation and Seattle's lineup are are devastating, to be quite honest. And, and man, if you stayed locked into that game last night, uh, that place was jumping. You know, Seattle is ready for a winner. They haven't been to the playoffs in, in what, 21 years? 20, yeah. Uh, the longest longest drought in all of sports. Wow. NBA, so, yeah, NFL, the, NHL, longest drought, which is insane. So the fans are hungry. The fans are more bought in than Royals fans were in 2014, but they have that same kind of hunger that Royals fans did. Uh, you're 100% right. Yeah, huge test for the Royals and uh, – you know, Seattle did its best to try and give that game or at least keep the Royals in the game 
yesterday, but um, just couldn't capitalize offensively. Jake Brents had his worst performance as a professional, and a uh, six-run eighth inning led to a very angry night on the postgame show. Seeing some top prospects in baseball and Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners and Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby had two hits last night again, too. His, his average creeping up to 184. This might be when he goes. Because last year, you know, it started slow for him as well. I, it's always been about patience with him. But Bobby Witt Jr. heating up might have already started happening. Yeah, I looked at last night's game, had someone on the text line ask me what was encouraging or if anything positive stood out from that 13-7 to loss. And it was really three hitters. Hunter Dozier continuing to hit. Uh, Hunter Dozier continuing to hit for uh, extra base power. Uh, five of his 12 hits this season have gone for extra bases. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, staying with a slider down and away and shooting it to right field in the fourth inning. Uh, that was very encouraging because teams have been pumping the fastball up and in and then a slider low and away, and he's been chasing at it pretty consistently. So nice to see him shoot it the other way. And then Edward Olivares coming off the bench for that pinch hit RBI double in the seventh inning. So Olivares, Witt Jr., and Hunter Dozier, I found them offensively pretty encouraging last night. And 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 here's the thing I keep coming back to for all of our – uh, complaints and you know people want to point a finger at this coach or that manager or this player uh, these are the dudes that you're riding with one way or the other you know Mondesi has been brutal this year he's been the worst everyday hitter in the American League but Whit Merrifield's been the second worst everyday hitter in the American League uh, Carlos Santana's the ninth worst Bobby Witt's the 13th worst now you might be able to replace one of them you could possibly replace Carlos Santana if O'Hearn starts hitting or Olivares starts hitting or Prado or Melendez, but you can't replace Santana, Mondesi, Merrifield, and Bobby Witt Jr. No team has that kind of depth. Either these guys get out of it or the losing's going to continue. No question about it. Vern, uh, you come up today at 2 o'clock with Vern's on deck show. Oh, by the way, I was going to ask you about this one. Uh, we're talking about the seven players now in the 3,500 club. Yeah. Rafael yeah. Palmero gets left out of everything. Man, like if no you're doubt. if you're listing the seven, like you're yeah. forgetting him, which is insane. Look at his career and what happened, but I can't think of anything that anybody's fallen off faster than him. Yeah, no kidding. He waved his finger at uh, Congress, and we've never heard from him since. <laughs> he how, was about, how about the group? Five hundred guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> how about the group? Three thousand hits, five hundred home runs, and a three hundred batting average. It's just Cabrera, uh, the great Willie Mays. And the great Hank Aaron. How about that mm. three threesome of right-handed hitters? That's it's, an impressive group. That's insane. Well, it, it's been fun. I sent you uh, the audio for Cabrera's home run. I don't know if you got it yet, but yes, uh, sir, yes, sir. I Thank sent it you. for you to save. I figured you'd uh, you'd like that one. It was a good call. That was a great call. Great call on uh, Tigers Radio by Dan Dickerson. Hell of a call. Vern will be listening at two o'clock uh, for Vern's on deck show. And hey, let's look at the positives. Royals a game and a half out of first. <laughs> Yeah, hey, there you go. Wait, wait, wait to spin that bad boy. Well, I love it, it Binkley. Thank you, man. We can spin any direction we in, but that's fact. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fact. I'm <laughs> not right. arguing. We'll talk to you soon, Vern. All right, buddy. There you go, Josh Vernier, right there. But great. I, I bet you didn't even know that the Royals game and a half out of first. Like you, you don't think of that. I mean, they're five and eight. <laughs> What's that say about baseball? I only game know it because you brought first. it up all day. <laughs> what? I only knew it because you brought it up. Well, all yeah, day. it's crazy to me. Just the state of baseball and where it is. But I hate the Bells de-juiced, man, because Vern's right, man. 
I've seen so many white. Vin Tindy the other day when he hit the top of the wall. I was like, ah. Because I do this little game with the. Seen a bunch of warning track Brick, stuff out uh, in Kaufman. There's been a bunch of them. But coming back up next, we'll go back to the draft of Brett Veach. Uh, some comments he made about this draft last Friday. We do that next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, Bing Sunday, Jim Binkley, Green Nicholson. I told Grant during the break that I've seen several videos of hot dogs being dunked in beer. Like several times, about just nonchalantly. This isn't something you're interested in? There's a Yankee fan. I guess it's great to see Yankee fans do something that's not throwing beer at players like the Guardians, but they're dunking hot dogs in beer. Like, that's never even come up as consideration. I like both of them. I like hot dogs and beer, but... Never thought of putting them together. We're not talking about like peanut butter and chocolate here. And like, oh, it's Reese's. What a great combination. Have you ever thought at all about dunking your beer or hot dog in beer? I mean, they dunk it in in water for the hot dog. What's it called? The hot dog but that's, championship but, but, or whatever. But that's an eating competition. And I understand why they're doing it because they're doing it to soften the bun. But if you're just sitting there enjoying a hot dog in your beer, do you really want to dunk? The beer in hot in, in I, beer. I'm shocked you're not even considering this as like an option. It, it, it doesn't look appealing. Like that does not look appealing. Like if you want to tell me you're going to cook your hot dogs and put beer all over them like brats or something, I'll buy that. That's fine. Pour beer on the hot dogs. But dunking your hot dog in the bun in beer, it's not buying it, man. Okay. All right. I'm not buying it either, but I just kind of figured that was something up your alley. I've seen some of these videos. You'll have to come check it out, but I've, I've seen two of them now, just different people doing it. I was like, what? I understand if you're doing it for a challenge or a dare or a bet, but just sitting there Are and just doing it on your own. Are just random no, internet just random people. people. Okay. Is it from a particular section of America? Here's the 785. Man, I almost puked seeing those hot dog beer dunk. I'm telling you, man, it's all over the place. Why is that that I gross? I have no idea, it's man. It's not that gross. A hot dog with a bun in beer. Yeah, what? Well, first of all, it might make your beer taste funky. And two, the bun's all soggy now for your hot dog. Again, cook the hot dogs in beer. That's fine. Okay. Imagine if you get your ketchup and mustard in the beer, too. Well, yeah, you're not putting ketchup and mustard in the beer. 
could happen if you're dunking your hot dog. Yeah, but relish. <laughs> Imagine your light beer with some relish. Oh man. Oh no. Let's not do that. And I know ballpark foods getting crazy and stuff, but come on, that's it seems a little bit. Have you uh, heard anybody have the Reese's burger, the Reese's barbecue thing out at Kaufman yet? Kling had it. Was there any good? He liked it. Nice. He absolutely loved it. Matter of fact, it's got good reviews. The Reese's uh, pulled pork. It's got good reviews, so I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to splurge when I go out to the K. Get I, mean, one. I would try it. I mean, I would try out. You know, why not? It's better than a hot dog and beer. <laughs> what do you sell a combo? Hot dog beer for dunking. You like like fun dip? You know what those little candy sticks you're dipping the fun dip? Like it's not fun dip. Your beer with the hot dog in it's not fun dip. I just always dip. assumed, especially if it's light beer, the, the taste is not there. If you want to add the hot dog, why not? Just juices it up a little bit. Would you drink hot dog water? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like it, it, the boiling. But you're, supposed to, you're supposed to keep the hot dog water around to give next hot dogs more flavor. I, I put beer. Like cook the hot dog and beer. That's fine. When we do it with brats, why not with dogs? Regardless, the NFL draft in four days. Stay up where you're at, which a lot of people on text line seem that they'd stay at 29 or 30, which is great. Or would you trade? The, the popular trend of trading for wide receiver. That was the hot trend, Grant. That was the hot trend that people were talking about. Can they move up and get Jamison Williams? Todd McShay had him trading with the Chargers. And first of all, I step back for a second. So why would they trade with the Chargers? But Kuyper and McShay and all this and all these national mock drafts always had the Chiefs trading for receiver. Don't think that's the direction they're going to go. I just don't. Even Brett Veach that talked this week. And again, you could take everything with a grain of salt because this is the uh, positioning uh, time. This is the smoke screen. And the guys, the GMs know it too. They know when a GM says something that's probably going to be a smoke screen. But they do watch your trends. And they do watch Pro Day film. Find out who's there. I'll never forget Dorsey did that. He'd watch who's there. GM there is the head coach. What's the interest level uh, of different teams and different players? And I know they pay attention to the visits. The top 30 visits. All right, who visited? And again, the Chiefs really haven't brought in edge rushers. They brought in some receivers. Jameson Williams was here. Christian Watson was here. They have brought receivers in. And they brought in seventh-round picks and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, they're cautious. Like Green Bay, you're interested in who they bring up because they sit at 22 and 28, and they need exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs need. Now, if they trade up into the zone between the Packers picks, I can see that because Packers pick 22 and 28. Undoubtedly, they're going to take a player that the Chiefs want. That's just what's going to happen because they need exactly what the Chiefs need. They need edge. They need wide receiver. Now, if the Cardinals want to trade at 23 – or the Cowboys at 24, like the Chiefs get in there because Bills aren't going to trade the Chiefs, I don't think, or shouldn't trade the Chiefs, and put it that way, because I never know when Baltimore traded the Chiefs last year. The team's doing business with the Chiefs. But what are they going to do? Brett Veach talked about the straight, uh, trading up or staying put where they're at. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. It was like every guy we had in the first round went like that. And, you know, if it happens like that, then it's hard to envision, you know, a, a trade up. But typically what happens, the board – do deviate and they are different um and then when you find value of you know we talk about 16 18 guys being valued in the first round then all of a sudden you know you get to picks 19 20 21 there's still some of those guys on the board i think you make a decision and see if you can maybe find a trade partner um if those 16 guys are off the board by the time you get to 19 20 21 then you know i think it kind of drives the narrative to just stay put and, and just collect the assets I, um 
you know, I don't probably foresee a huge jump up um, just throwing a haymaker and trying to get in the top ten. I, I mean, it's, unless something unforeseen, happen, unforeseen happens, I, I would say that, you know, um, we'll be flexible and, and we'll let the board talk to us. And if there's value, we will. And if not, we'll just stay put. Got to let the board talk to you, Grant. I don't know what the board ever says, but you got to let the board speak. Your mock drafts ever talk to you? They do sometimes. Late at night? Yeah, yeah they have conversations. But with Veach talking about don't know if they'll throw a haymaker to the top 10. Like, I believe that part. Like, there's different things you can take from it, smokescreen or not, but can you see the Chiefs trading a top 10? I can't because I don't know if they could look and say, all right, they traded the 10 for Mahomes. So is another player of that value? And the, the answer is no. Is there another player worth trading up for top 10 unless you're going up to get quarterback? No, I don't see because they're not going to get Aiden Hutchinson. They're not going to go all the way to one. And Brett Veach, by the way, uh, laughed about Aiden Hutchinson falling to the Chiefs. There's guys in every round that we're secretly hoping um, that fall to you. Uh, I think what happens is is that's more likely the, the later the round. So, like, you know, uh, we would love, let's just say, a, a Hutchinson to fall to us at 30. But that won't happen. But when you get into the second or third round, then you, that comes into play. Like, we would love for these guys to fall. And as the draft goes on, the likelihood of guys that you loving that you have valued in that particular round, the odds increase. And someone is going to fall. Several are going to fall. It's all in runs. Now, if we look at it, you know, just clean slate and mock drafts are going to be how the first round goes, which is never how it goes. Like the first 10 picks, mock drafters pretty much nail those. But everything beyond that, I mean, last year was a perfect example. And COVID had a lot to do with a lot of the players taken because it was all potential, potential, potential. Once you got the Najee Harris at 24, the rest of the first round was, well, potential to be good. Potential to be good. But I have a theory on Chiefs, and I'll look back at what they did last season and why I think they're going to stay put next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. So here's the thing last year. Everything was about the left tackles or guys that you thought were left tackles. Sam Cosby, Liam Eisenberg, Alex Leatherwood. You know, these guys are right tackles and guard. And the Chiefs found themselves stuck looking for a left tackle last year. Trent Williams, they made a play for. Went till two or three at night, middle of the night. Trent decides to stay with the 49ers. Then what? Well, Baltimore Ravens willing to trade Orlando Brown. I mean, love them or not, the Chiefs were stuck getting a left tackle. And they brought in Orlando Brown and got 
pick number 58, which turned into Nick Bolton as well, which is a smooth deal. But to get the tackle situation worked out, this year is just different to me. Like last year, they were stuck, and it's like, eh, we'll trade for Orlando Brown. That's the way to go for the Chiefs. This year, I'm not so much. The guy that I mocked to the Chiefs is Arnold Ebicady, which is starting to get a lot more buzz as a uh, they had that tier two of edge rusher that when all said and done could be a tier one edge rusher. Maybe so. He led the Big Ten in tackles for loss last year, had nine and a half sacks. He blocked a couple field goals. That's the guy I like. And then you can get a wide receiver, Christian Watson or Sky Moore. I think there's several receivers you can get. Again, you don't always have to draft somebody in the first round and say, well, it's first round talent. Got to get them in the first round. Well, if you think in the second round and someone team is going to jump in front of you and grab them, go ahead and get them whenever. It doesn't matter because when they do redrafts and that's actually a first rounder, you were right. They were wrong. It's like the Chiefs last year. Think Creed Humphrey's a second round pick? No. He's 100% lock fire shirt first round pick. Nick Bolton, first round pick. Trey Smith, probably first, beginning a second, not a sixth round pick. No way in hell. But it doesn't matter. You mean you can sit and wait, wait, wait for somebody to fall, or you can jump up and get quality player. That's the way I always looked at the draft. Yeah, you might be draft like Mitch Morse. He was drafted out of round. Some people had him going three rounds further back than where he was drafted by the Chiefs. Turns out he's a good player, still playing the NFL today. He was he was worth a better round. The Chiefs are right. Like, the Chiefs are right where they got Mitch Morse. But I don't think it matters. Like, if you think the guy's quality, like, there's a chance, I think, the receivers five, six, and seven are just as good as first one, two, or three when you redraft it next year. Like, somebody's going to shine. Again, Stephon Diggs, fifth-round pick. Somebody's going to shine from wide receiver that's not a first-round pick. That's just the way it's going to happen. I know everybody's enamored with Jamison Williams for what he did at Alabama. Great. Towards ACL, he started Alabama. Everybody stars at Alabama. The two previous years of Jamison Williams, and I think a lot of people don't look up what he did, he only had 15 combined catches before last year. The writing was on the wall. He transferred from Ohio State because they had Garrett Wilson that's in the draft, Chris Olave's in the draft. And to be honest with you, I think neither one of those is the best receiver at Ohio State. I think their best receiver is still there. There's a receiver, Jackson Smith and Jibba, that has had 600 more yards than Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave didn't even have 1,000. He's got like 700 more yards than him. Still at Ohio State. Jamison was going to be part of that crew, but he went to Alabama. All right, that's him. Then some people are George Pickens. He's got the athletic ability, and you say, oh, I really like George Pickens. He did visit the Chiefs, but he got hurt last year. He only played in four games. Well, he had five catches last season. So I've heard a lot of people make the argument it's first round, first round guy. Five, he's only played in 12 games the last two years. Played in four games last year and eight the year before. It's only 12 games the last two years. Okay, well, can you stay healthy? That's that's a big concern there. And the production wasn't there. Athletic ability, yeah. But I've seen plenty of guys in the NFL that look like they can dominate physically. But don't remember Tano Passigno? There was not a dude more yoked than him with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was okay, not great. Never really lived up to his potential or his draft slot. Doing okay in the NFL. He's going to have a decent NFL career, but never great. But again, looks like, he, I mean, the guy's built. The guy's stacked. Don't be enamored always with that. Just don't be enamored. I know a lot of people like it at Traylon Burks and really like him. Slow 40 time. Is that somebody you really want? I wanted Traylon Burks before the season started because 
He fit an athletic profile the Chiefs didn't have. You know, 6'3", 230 pounds, didn't have it. Slower combine time made me reevaluate Traylon Burks. But is there a receiver like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, that make you Drake London, maybe? I mean, is there any receiver that makes you stand up and say, I want that guy? I mean, I've been cautious of the people that don't run 40s at the combine or their own pro day. And I think that's something to take, consider. And 40 times this year, a lot more legit. Why? Because the NFL did them at the combine. And some guys opted not to do that, but do it at a pro day. And there's always uh, a little bit of skepticism when you don't run until it's your pro day because that's what your own guys timing you. It's like last year we saw inflated numbers because of the pro days. There was no combine, so you had to deal with pro day numbers. That's why we saw so many 300-pound tackles run sub-5 flat. So you always have to be skeptical with what you're going to get. But Drake London, I do like him out of, out of USC. But again, you kind of worry about, is he ready for the NFL? Will it be a guy? Because again, I think that uh, some of these second rounders can be just as good as the first round picks at wide receivers. I don't think they're worth jumping up and grabbing one. Because if that's the case, and you can get just as good a depth at the end, you might as well stay put. Get that edge and wide receiver. Now, second round, I'm 100% for trading up. 100% for trading up. Sitting at 50, get in the 30s. Get in the 40s. The Jets are a prime candidate in the second round because they picked 35th and 38th. They have two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Like, I would look to move up in the second round because I think safety could be a prime position for the Kansas City Chiefs in the second round. 100%. But I'm staying put. See what Brett Veach does. Again, they value 16, 18 players in that first round. They're first-round picks. And if they're not there and you're sitting at 19 or 21, they're just going to stay put. And it's fine. Then you take offers for somebody else. Maybe you accumulate. Maybe you still keep a first-round pick. And you accumulate another second-round pick. Again, they're with 12 picks, so they got to find a way. And it's not often teams pick 12. Although, since 2008, that's the last time the Chiefs picked 12 players. They've done it before. And they've taken uh, nine players twice since then and eight once. So they have done it. And the Vikings took 15 players a couple years ago. So it does happen. And next year we're looking at maybe around 10 picks with some of the comp picks in it. So they do have picks for Kansas City when the draft is here. But it's all interesting. Really watch who's coming off the board, when and where, and when the runs start. Safety run, corner run, quarterback run. Is there going to be a run? Which any kind of run benefits the Chiefs because that means edge or corner still could be there at the end. Jay Southland, Toe Service Text Line, 913-576-7610. Where do you weigh in? You trading up for an edge? You trading up for a wide receiver? Which direction are you going? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Royals and Mariners coming up at 310. Vern's got your on-deck show at 2 o'clock. Carlos Hernandez versus last year's Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, in Seattle. Who's going yard today? For who? For the, for, Royals? For the Royals, yeah. I think Witt gets his first one. Dang, I was going to go Witt. Oh, are you really? I'll go... Uh, All right, I'll, I'll go Perez then. No, 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 no. I'll go Dozier. Dozier's got what, two? Dozier's knocking the cover off the ball. That's what I'm saying. Hot hand. Benny, Benny Tindy. Mondi? 
All good options. All good options. Monty's hitting 136. Can he uh, turn things around? But Monty's streaky, man. Like, he's going to go on a streak where he just gets hotter than donut grease. You know it's going to happen. Or hotter than hot dog water. Hotter than donut grease? Is donut grease pretty hot? I don't know. I don't know. I thought I was just saying. I could be wrong. I don't know. Text line has been tracking visits and likes George Pickens. There's another one for George Pickens. Don't be enamored by the visits. Like, I like seeing who's visited. There used to be a website that specifically did visits where you track different visits to different teams, and I like doing that too, but buyer beware on that. Because, again, there's four reasons why they're bringing you in. One, they're bringing you in through a smokescreen, which is what happens quite a bit. Like, oh, I went and visited the Chiefs. Smokescreen, smokescreen, smokescreen. Two, you got a medical issue and they want to check you out. Three, you have an off-the-field issue and they want to check that out. And four, they genuinely like you. So it could be they genuinely like you. You never know. I'm just cautious about George. He, here's his three years at Georgia receiving. 727 yards, 513 yards, and 107. Like, which, which year there jumps out to you and says, stud, star, he had five for 107 last year. Of course, he only played four games because he was hurt towards ACL in spring practice. Year before, he just played eight games, had 36 catches. He's never had over 50 catches in a year. Again, concerning things, unless you think, okay, right time and place. And I get it. Looking at stats sometimes doesn't tell the whole deal. Josh Allen's final year at Wyoming, he had 1,800 yards passing. That was it. 2.2 yards a carry. It was terrible. Joe Burrow was twice the runner. The Josh Allen was in college, hasn't been that way in the NFL. So you got to be cautious sometimes when you look at some of these numbers. But I just, my thing is production. I like production and, and durability. You got to be on the field. You got to be on the field because I think that determines a lot. Like, how much did you play? Because that's durability. Did you take games off? Were you hurt a lot? Because all those things don't go away. You're hurt a lot, didn't play in college. There's a good chance in the NFL you're going to be hurt a lot and out of games and injured reserve and everything else because you're not 100% ready to go. I think that stuff matters. I think that stuff matters a lot. Did you play or didn't you play? I get it. Injuries happen to everybody. Everybody deals with them. But you got to be careful. It's like David Ojabo from Michigan. Stud player. Had 11 sacks last year. But was he good because Aiden Hutchinson was drawing the double teams on the other side? Something to consider. And he tore his Achilles. Not like during the season, he tore to his pro day. So you're probably going to miss some time, if not the year, most of the year, waiting on him to come back. Which, granted, there's going to be a team that redshirts him, and that's basically it. It's like the Chiefs basically redshirted Kendo last year. So if you're in position, you can redshirt him perfect. But if you need production right away, buyer beware. And I think the Chiefs need production right away from Edge. Because they didn't address it in the offseason. So I do think the draft will yield some depth, rotational pieces at edge that they so much covet. And I think it will come from somebody on the edge on the defensive line. Don't don't rule out, you know, defensive backs either. Like a couple of these guys can really get after the quarterback, like Dax Hill, Jalen Petrie, from the safety position. The Chiefs like blitzing from the secondary. Well, the Jerry Steen had four sacks a couple years ago. Probably could have had seven, but he missed three of them. Honey Badger leads the NFL in quarterback pressure from a defensive back since he came in the league. So, yeah, you can find different ways to manufacture that blitz. But, yeah, I want production in how much you've been playing. I think that part's big. And, again, if you like George Pickens, sell me on that. Like, sell me 
why you like George Pickens. Like, what stood out to you? What stood out with you with those five catches? Were they just that amazing of five catches? You're like, first-round talent. Got to get him in the first round. Or do you take a chance on a guy that's played more? Now, George Pickens has the physical talent, I think, to be a great receiver in the NFL. But, again, how much are you going to play? I think that's it's big. Yeah, I've, I've seen him throw defensive backs to the ground. I mean, there's a lot of things about George Pickens I do like when he plays. But, again, there's a lot of things I like about Mondesi when he plays. There's a lot I liked about Sammy Watkins when he played. Sammy Watkins was a tremendous blocker. He was tremendous at doing things that other receivers don't like to do. But, again, there was the caveat when he plays. That stuff matters. Here's another uh, Here's another text from the 913. Am I crazy for thinking he would be smart to trade up to get a top 15 with one of your first-round picks and include a second or third and then move back with their other first round and get another second and third? That's a lot of moving and shaking, but you know what? That's what the NFL's doing. Remember that trade with the Philly and New Orleans? Moving all around with their first-round picks and second-round picks and third-round picks. Getting the 15 would be interesting. Again, one of the trade charts that I like, you'll see um, a lot of people in the media um, putting out Jimmy Johnson trade chart values. Well, the NFL doesn't really use that anymore. A lot of times, there's a guy named Rich Hill, and he kind of put what the value of teams trading, because again, you don't know what it is. You're just kind of guessing what the NFL teams do, but the trade value chart assigns different value to each player. For instance, the Chiefs at 29 get 203 picks or points assigned to that one, 196 for the 30th pick. The number one pick in the draft is worth 1,000 points of Jacksonville. So you've got to get to that 1,000 points with the different picks that you have. And so the Chiefs right now, if you're looking at what kind of point value they have, what the general value of what they have, it's 203 plus 196, which is 399. So if you traded both your picks in the first round, where could you end up? Well, 399 points would put you about ninth. Eighth Atlanta's 406 points, so the Chiefs would have enough to get to 10 or 9 if they really wanted to. Now, the further you go back, the less your picks are worth it. So you got to come up, like if you want to jump up to a certain place, you've got to give the value to the other team. For instance, the Chiefs have pick 50. That's worth 115 points. Pick 62, same second round, only worth 84. And then it keeps sliding down. In the third round, the Kansas City Chiefs, pick 94 is worth 41 points. Pick 103 is worth 36. So you see how the scale starts going down. In the fourth round, the Chiefs two picks, 25 and 18. That's all the value they have. So again, well, sometimes you see a first-round pick, so he's throwing a third or fourth. You've got to get to that value because teams will look for that value and want that value. As far as seventh-rounders, when you think, okay, the Chiefs just trade some of their seventh-rounders, the problem is that's like pennies on a dollar. It takes 100 pennies to get a dollar. It's not very much. For instance, pick 233, two points. Pick 243, two points. Pick 251, two points. Pick 259, one point. It's a total of seven points of value on a trade value chart for all their fourth for all their seventh round picks. It's not very much, Grant. Now, if you're one or two pick points away, you'll throw in a seventh rounder. Like you throw that in just to get it to the trade value. But the bottom line, again, the Chiefs looking at 399 points. 
That'll get them. Now, the Vikings pick 12th, and their value is 347. And a lot of people think, okay, maybe the Vikings are a team the Chiefs would go for because the Vikings could be looking to move down. Well, if that's the case, you're not moving the 12 unless you give up both first-round picks. If you give up both of them, you'll be fine. We'll say you only wanted to give up a first and a second. Well, if you give up a first and you give up a second, you're looking at a value of 318. Now you've got to find a way to get to where the Vikings are at uh, at 347. So what are you going to throw in from 318 and 347? Your fourth rounders won't get you there. So you always have to look at the chart and what it's worth. But sometimes you can throw a player in you already have. You start looking at future picks. You start throwing a second-round pick in the future, maybe next year's. But are they going to do that because the draft is here in Kansas City next year? I don't think they do it. But you always have to find that value. And look at Google Rich Hill trade chart. I know they have it at drafttext.com. They've got it. Jimmy Johnson's the one they use. But this uh, but this Rich Hill is one that people use. Matter of fact, Bill Belichick um, has a alternate trade value model. And the one it is is Rich Hill. Like, that's the one that he kind of goes after what Bill – he wrote for the Patriots uh, about the Patriots team for years. But go off that Rich Hill trade chart if you're looking at what the uh, Chiefs could get in there. From the 913, they can draft Sky Moore in the third round or later. I don't know. I think Sky Moore's going to go at least in the second. I am throwing a dart at the first. He might be the best route runner of any receiver in the draft. Second lowest drop rate of all the receivers. I know you guys love the drop rates because I see it all the time with Christian Watson. He doesn't have a good drop rate, but Sky Moore has a great drop rate. But Grant, you'll be in tomorrow with me between 6 and 9. I'm sure we'll talk a lot of the NFL draft, if not talk about it the whole you time. Thursday night, live draft coverage for you. Right here, 6th in sports trade, the whole first round. Hear from Andy Reid, Brett Veach, you name it. We got you covered. Saturday, same thing. Hear from the draft picks. Once Chiefs pick them, we'll try to bring them on for you. So you can hear from them. hear from their excitement. But don't be always enamored with the uh, with the visits. Because a lot of times, the Chiefs will draft a player and you say, hey, have you talked to Chiefs? The answer is no. Josh Berger comes your way at 2 o'clock. So look forward to that. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.